Welcome. If you're new with us, uh, we're doing things a little bit different this weekend, Christmas Eve weekend. We don't have any childcare except for toddlers and nursery. Uh, the rest of you will stay in the service. And uh, let's see, what else? Oh, if you're new with us and you want to connect more, go to the Connections booth, which is in the lobby. All right, just go there afterwards. They'd love to interact with you. A couple quick announcements. Take care of business before we continue New Year's Eve weekend. That's next weekend. We're having regular services, 6 o'clock on Saturday and 9.30, 11.15 on Sunday. And then ladies' night. Uh, don't forget, don't, don't get, let that get lost in the holidays. That's coming up in a couple weeks here, January 8th. That's Monday night. 7 p.m. You don't want to miss that, all right? Okay, with that, welcome. So I'm going to talk about gifts tonight. Are you all done? Who's done with their shopping? The rest of you have one day left, less than a day. I don't even know if stores are open tomorrow. You may be in big trouble here. We're going to talk about gifts. Uh, this, is, this is number three of our three-part series, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, speaking of gifts, it, it, it reminded me of a story. Um, it, it was a young boy that was writing a letter to, to Jesus to tell him about the gifts that he desperately wanted for Christmas. So he began the letter, Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy for six months, so... And then he stopped and went, oh, No. Crossed out six months and said, Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy for three months. And then went, his shoulders dropped and he crossed out three months and he said, Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy for two weeks. And then he lost all hope, and he just put his hands in his head and took the letter and crumpled it up. And as he was looking across the room, he saw a, a, a nativity scene that his parents had put out on the table. And, and all of a sudden, he had an inspired idea. He got up and walked across the room, grabbed Mother Mary, brought it back and set her down in front of him, got another piece of paper, and he, he wrote, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again... <laughs> We don't need to extort God to get the perfect gift this Christmas. He is more than willing. In fact, he's dying to give you the perfect gift this Christmas. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, the perfect gift. Um, it doesn't depend on you. That's the good thing about the perfect gift. It doesn't depend on you because, by the way, all of us are on God's naughty list. Every one of us have sinned. Every one of us have broken God's command and deserved to be punished forever in hell. And I don't want that for you, for you. My heart has been burdened this week for you. I don't want anybody to end up there. And you don't have to because God wants to give you a gift, even tonight. You're going to get a chance to get that gift, the perfect gift. It says in Ephesians 2.8.9, For it is by grace you have been saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. God gives you this gift, not because you deserve it. In fact, you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But he gives it to you because he loves you. Grace is undeserved favor. You can have this gift. You don't have to earn it. In fact, there's no way you can earn it. It's not by works. It's by grace that God gives you that gift of salvation. Now, salvation, as we know, is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Can I hear an amen? amen? We know that's true, which means there's nothing we can do to add to the finished work of Christ. In fact, Jesus, many of you grew up calling Jesus what? Your Savior. Jesus is the Savior. You've said that your whole life. My question tonight, is he 
your Savior? Have you received the gift of the Savior? Now, if you call him your Savior, do you realize there's a reason he's called the Savior? He saved us from something. That something is our sin. The Savior saves us. Uh, Savior means a person who rescues us from harm or danger. Other words could be deliverer or rescuer or protector or guardian. And Jesus is the Savior, but is he your Savior? Is he your Savior tonight? Do you know that for certain? If you don't, we're going to have an opportunity at the end for you to receive the gift of the Savior. So you can know for certain that your sins are forgiven and that you can go to heaven when you die. Because only forgiven people go to heaven. So you need to get your sins forgiven somehow. Okay? I love talking about this. The Savior's gift. Part 3. Vance Havner, a Baptist pastor, said, Christmas is based on an exchange of gifts. The gift of God to man, his unspeakable gift of his son, and the gift of man to God when we present our bodies a living sacrifice. The gift of God is worth seeking out. In fact, you can't leave here without this gift tonight. I'm I'm just telling you, you must not. You must receive the gift that Jesus offers you. Don't risk being separated from God forever. You don't need to risk it. I beg you, think about it. Receive it. It's yours for the asking. I'm going to explain it to you tonight. So I'm going to I have two goals tonight for the believers. Those of you who are already saved, you know for certain you've got the gift. Jesus has forgiven you your sins. I want to remind you of some things. Some of you have heard some of these things before. You're going to get a reminder, and it'll be good for you to remember what God has done for you. For those of you that don't know Christ yet, or maybe you're not certain that if you die tonight, you'd be in heaven with God forever, I want to help you receive this gift of the Savior. That's what we want to do tonight. So could we just pray one more time and we'll begin. Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you for the songs that we're able to sing about you, our Savior, our God, our King, the one who brings righteousness with him, light and life. That's who you are. I thank you, God, that you came to this planet to give us a gift By paying for our sins, you can offer eternal life to each of us now. And I pray no one would miss out. No one here would miss out on that gift. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at three reasons Jesus is the perfect Christmas gift uh, this year. So you've got a handout. You can follow along if you'd like to. Uh, Three reasons. First reason is simply this. The reason he's a perfect gift at Christmas is that he came to the earth. God came to the earth. To the earth. You see, Jesus is both God and man. He's the God man. And he came to this planet. In fact, some, you, you could say he invaded this planet. God invaded the earth. That is not unremarkable. That is not insignificant. The, the God of the universe visited this planet. It says in Matthew 1, verse 23, the virgin will be with child. Now, Josh talked about the virgin birth two weeks ago, and you should listen to that. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. God with us. How did God become with us? He became a man. He became a baby. And we're going to talk about that tonight. J.B. Phillips says this. 
I love this quote. He says, behind all of our fun and games at Christmas time, we should not try to escape a sense of awe, almost a sense of fright at what God has done. We must never allow anything to blind us to the true significance of what happened at Bethlehem so long ago. Nothing can alter the fact that we live on a visited planet. God came to this planet, which means he didn't start in a stable. That's not where Jesus started. Do you realize that Jesus is the creator of everything? Jesus, with the breath of his mouth, created everything that we see, all the universes, all the planets, all the oceans. He is God Almighty, the creator. That's what we're told in Colossians. It says this, Jesus Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself is the creator who made what? Everything. Jesus made everything. He is the creator of everything. So he has always existed from eternity past. He will always exist into eternity future. He made everything. And that makes his visit to our planet even more extraordinary when you realize who he is. He didn't start in a stable. And that is a big deal. It may not seem like a big deal to you, but it is a big deal. I don't care what big deal you want to think about. All the things that have happened on our planet for forever. Think about all the main events. Let's just look at some. Um, the Revolutionary War, or, or a man landing on the moon, or the, the wall coming down, uh, you know, coronavirus and the crazy elections. Well, Prince Harry's book, of course, is awesome. And <laughs> Travis and Taylor, that's huge. And the war in Israel, banks failing, all those things, add them all up, put them all in one basket. They don't, they're not even a drop in a bucket compared to God coming to this earth in the person of Jesus. Don't even come close. This is the most significant thing that has ever happened on this planet. God becoming a man. And he did. He became a man. And he came for a reason. Not just to be a good teacher. Some people think, well, you know, let's, you know, it doesn't matter what God you follow. I mean, Jesus, we we should follow him because he was a good teacher. No, he was more than that. He was God in the flesh. He wasn't just some good teacher. He obviously was a good teacher, but that's not why he came, just to teach us nice things and how to live. No, he came for a bigger purpose. In fact, I love this quote. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot about this one. <laughs> wait a minute. This might, be a, this might be a buster right here. I mean, McRib came back, but sadly, it went away. <laughs> All good things must come to an end. Amen. I don't know why they bring it and then take it away. Um, This is a good quote from C.S. Lewis. I love this as well. Listen to it. Jesus didn't just come to be a good teacher. Uh, He says this. um, A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must take your choice. You must... You must take your choice. Either this was and is a son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. 
Jesus wasn't just some great teacher. He was God Almighty, came down to earth, took on flesh as a baby. And that makes Christianity unique, by the way, among all world religions. All religions are not the same. They can't be. Why? Because Jesus said he's the only way. That, that excludes every other religion. If you don't like it, take it up with Jesus. But he said, this is the way, through me and only through me. So all religions are not the same, just like that. You can throw that argument out. Christianity is unique among all world religions. It's foundational. So the first reason that Jesus is a perfect Christmas gift this season is that he came to earth. Number two, he cares about you. You can know him. In fact, I'll just say this. You were, you were made, and I was made, to have a relationship with Jesus. We were made to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, notice I didn't say we were made to have religion. Jesus didn't come to give us religion. That's for sure. Look at John 17, verse 3. And this is the way to have eternal life. Now, you better pay attention to what comes next. This is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. How do you have eternal life? You have to know Jesus. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the way to have eternal life is to go to church. The way to have eternal life is just to clean up your life. The way to have eternal life is just if you don't kill somebody, then you can go. The way to have eternal life is to pay your tithe, to be worthy to make sure you're trying as hard as you can, to be better than people around you. That's not what it says. The way to eternal life is to know Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Have you received the gift that Jesus offers? Do you know him? I didn't say go to church. I said, do you know him? I love this quote. This is one of my favorites. Rebecca Pippert talking about Jesus and religion. She said, it's a profound irony that the Son of God visited this planet and one of the chief complaints against him was that he was not religious enough. So let me ask you, if God can't be religious enough to please the religious leaders, then how can you be? Why try? By the way, God doesn't care about religion. Good religion simply says you need Jesus. That's good religion right there. And you do. Good religion points you to Jesus. Jesus came for relationship, not religion. That's the second reason that he's the best Christmas gift this, this season. He cares about you. Number three, here's a, another reason he's the best Christmas gift is because he sacrificed his life for you and for me so that you could be forgiven of your sins. See, he had a purpose in his coming. He had a reason that he came. There's a reason we celebrate Christmas is that you and I can be forgiven. But first we need to understand he came, how he came. He came as a baby, which is crazy good. I love the fact that Jesus chose to come as a baby. It's not the way I would have come. Okay? I would have probably halftime, Super Bowl. Okay? And, you know, Lenny Kravitz is playing in the background or somebody. I don't know who's playing this year. And the spark, you know, the, the fire shooting and the lights are going everywhere and, the, and the, you know, the, the music's pounding and out from the sky floats down a cloud with a big throne on it and Jesus, an all-powerful God, comes down to the 50-yard line and everybody cheers and then falls on their face. That's how I would come. 
Jesus came as a baby. It says so right here, Luke 2. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and what? The baby who was lying in a manger. He became like men and was born a human being. This shocked angels. They were thinking, what is our God doing? Becoming a man and going down to earth as a baby. A helpless little baby. J.I. Packer, theologian, says the Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby. Needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as the truth of the incarnation. Incarnation means embodied with flesh. God put on flesh and became a human and became a human baby. This is hard to comprehend. I I know that. So in the tradition that I've had for many years, I'm going to illustrate this in a way that you'll never forget. That God became a human baby. So, when he came to this planet, oh, feeding, is this a bad time? Are you sure? We've got a little Esther Hale here. Oh, my goodness. Hi, sweetheart. So, I want you to take a look at Esther here. And don't miss, do not miss the significance of the creator of the universe who made every star and every planet and every ocean, that creator became one of these. Helpless, needy, vulnerable. God became vulnerable. Can you imagine God doing this for you? Becoming this for you? It's, it's, it is staggering. It's, it's hard to even fathom that God would do this. And to think at some point, Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, took the God of the universe in his arms and threw him up in the air and caught him and played with him and tickled him and fed him and took care of him. God did this because he loves you. What a God we have. What a Savior we have to become a human baby. Good job, Esther. (laughs) Give, Give it up for Esther here. Thank you. I love that. I love, I want that to be burned into your mind that God became a baby. He didn't just come down as a man and take over and have power, he was vulnerable. Why did, he beca- why did he come as a baby? I have one thought on that. I believe it's true. It's because no one is intimidated by a baby. And in that sense, God is saying to you today, you, you can come to me. You, you don't have to be intimidated by me. Yes, I'm the creator of the universe. Yes, I will judge every living soul for every wrong word they've ever spoken, every wrong thought you've ever had but you can come to me. You can come to me. Don't be intimidated by me. I love you. I died for you. I paid for your sins so you could have eternal life. He didn't just stay a baby, did he? This baby became a man and died. And some people say, oh, that's such a tragedy. And in one sense it is. But in one sense, it's exactly why he came. 
That's why he came to die. For God so loved the world. Because he loves you, he gave. He gave the gift. His one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish in hell forever, but have eternal life. God loved you so much, that's why he sent his son as a baby who became a man and died on the cross for your sins. He took your sins on himself and paid the penalty so you and I would not have to. Billy Graham says it so well. The very purpose of Christ coming into the world was that he might offer up his life as a sacrifice for the sins of men. He came to die. This is the heart of Christmas. The fact that he came to die. Men and women, the most important Christmas gift you'll ever receive is the gift of Jesus coming into your heart to forgive you of your sins. Let me read something to you. It's a few paragraphs, so hang in there, but I think you'll like this. I've read it before. I think it really gives a good picture of this father and son relationship. It says this, Many years ago, there was a wealthy man who shared a passion for art collecting with his son. They had priceless works by Picasso and Van Gogh adorning the walls of their family estate. As winter approached, war engulfed the nation, and the young man left to serve his country. After only a few short weeks, his father received a telegram. His son had been killed in the war. Distraught and lonely, the old man faced the upcoming Christmas holidays with anguish and sadness. The joy of the season had vanished with the death of his son. On Christmas morning, a knock on the door awakened the, heart, the heartbroken father. As he walked to the door, the masterpieces of art on the walls only reminded him that his son was not coming home. As he opened the door, he was greeted by a soldier with a large package in his hands who said, I was a friend of your son. I was with him when he died. May I come in for a few moments? I have something I want to show you. The soldier mentioned that he was an artist and then gave the grieving father the package. The paper gave way to reveal a portrait of the man's son. Though the world would never consider it a work of genius, the painting featured the young man's face in striking detail. Overcome with emotion, the man hung the portrait over his fireplace, pushing aside millions of dollars worth of art. His task completed, the old man sat in his chair and spent Christmas gazing at the gift he had been given. The painting of his son soon became his most prized possession, far eclipsing any interest in the pieces of art for which museums around the world clamored. The following spring, the old man died. And the art world waited with anticipation for the upcoming auction. According to the will of the old man, all the artworks would be auctioned on Christmas Day, the day he had received the greatest gift. The day soon arrived, and the art collectors from around the world gathered to bid on some of the world's most spectacular paintings. Dreams would be fulfilled this day. The auction began with a painting that was not on anyone's museum list. It was a painting of the man's son. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid, but the room was silent. Who will open the bidding with $100? No one spoke. Finally, someone yelled, who cares about this painting? It's just a picture of his son. Let's move on to the valuable works. The auctioneer responded, no, we have to sell this one first. Now, who will take the son? 
Finally, a neighbor of the old man offered $10. That's all I have. I knew the boy, so I, I would like to have it. The auctioneer said, going once, going twice, gone, and the gavel fell. Cheers filled the room, and someone exclaimed, now we can bid on the real treasure. But the auctioneer looked at the room filled with people and announced that the auction was over. Everyone was stunned. Someone spoke up and said, what do you mean it's over? We didn't come here for the painting of someone's son. There are millions, worth of, millions of dollars worth of painting here on the wall. What's going on? And the auctioneer replied, it's very simple. According to the will of the father, whoever takes the son inherits everything. Puts things in perspective, doesn't it? Whoever takes the son gets everything. When you take the gift of the son, men and women, you get everything. You get eternal life. You get paradise. You get heaven with God Almighty who loves you enough to send his son. When you take the son, you get everything. When you reject the son, you get nothing, worse than nothing. You see, Jesus the Savior offers you a free gift. A free gift. It says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin, what you earn from your sin and what I earn from my sin is death, but the free gift of God is what? Eternal life. In Christ Jesus. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Tonight, Jesus is offering you eternal life. If you've not received that yet, you think, well, I don't know how to do that. Let me just encourage you that you've been saying the words your whole life, some of you. I've been singing some of these Christmas carols for over 50 years, and they are simply the gospel. Look at some of the words of these songs. Joy to the earth. The what? The Savior reigns. Who's the Savior? Jesus is the Savior. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Lord means God. You're the CEO. You're in charge of my life. We've sang that song. Joy, joy, for Christ is born. Christ means Messiah. The long way to Messiah has come in the person of Jesus. And joyful, joyful, we adore thee. You can be saying that tonight as a prayer, not just as songs, but you can pray that prayer tonight. Let me end by saying this. It's not a mistake that you're here tonight. There's no mistaking that, that you are here and hearing this message tonight because God wants to bless you with a gift of eternal life. Can I just encourage you, implore you from the bottom of my heart, don't let another Christmas go by without choosing Jesus as your Savior. Don't let it go by. And let me also remind you, you don't need to kidnap Mother Mary in order to get eternal life. You simply need to ask for it. God is not stingy. He's dying for you to have this gift. So why don't we bow our heads here, and I'm going to pray. And as we turn to pray, I sense that some of you have been close to God in the past, but maybe you've drifted away. Wow, I just want to tell you, there's no better time to come back to God than at Christmas. And just let me clarify, we're not talking about religion you may or may not have a religious background. You may be Catholic or Protestant or LDS or Jewish or Buddhist or Baptist. I don't know what. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ, with God in the flesh that you were designed to have and that he wants to have with you. 
and you can begin tonight. This is your moment to accept God's Christmas gift to you. So I'm going to say a prayer, and if it expresses the desire of your heart, why don't you pray along with me quietly in your own heart? You can say, Dear God, I don't want to let another Christmas season pass without accepting your gift to me. Thank you for coming to the earth as a baby so that I can know what you're like. I'm amazed that you would want a relationship with me, and I want to get to know you. I want to learn how to trust you, but I know I've done a lot of wrong things. I've sinned against you, and I don't deserve heaven. I'm especially grateful for your forgiveness and your gift of eternal life through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for my sins. From this day forward, I want to be under new management. I want you to be Lord of my life right now. December 23rd, 2023, I want to receive the gift of eternal life and ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of all my sins. Thank you that you've heard my prayer. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Why don't you keep your heads bowed, please, all of you. Now, if you pray that prayer for the first time tonight, I'm just going to ask you to do one thing. If that was the prayer of your heart, you said yes to Jesus, I want you to look at me right now. Everyone else, keep your heads bowed. Everyone else, if you prayed that for the first time tonight, look up at me. Look at my eyes right now. I'm looking around the room. Just look right in my eyes. Lift your head and look at me. If that was your prayer, now that you're looking at me, I want to do one other thing. I'm not going to embarrass you. You do this last thing. Do it right now. I want you to lift your hand up. Lift it up high. If that was your prayer for the first time, lift it up high. Don't be embarrassed. Thank you. Keep it up for a second. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yes, I see all of you in the back and the front. God bless you guys. Now keep looking at me, you guys. I just want to say that's the best Christmas gift you'll ever get. That's a gift that will last for all eternity. But I understand that there's things that you may not understand yet that we want to help you with. You can put your hands down. Thank you. We want to help you with that. Everyone else, you can lift your head. We want to help you, so talk to me or go to the connections. We want to help you with that. Give, give God a round of applause for the gift that he offers to us. Now, as we conclude tonight, we're going to do something kind of fun. Uh, hopefully you were given a candle when you came in. Don't turn it on yet. In fact, turn it off. We're going to lower some lights here in just a second. So I want to give you some instruction because I want to illustrate what the world will be like if, from just one person that takes the salvation, the gift that God has given, and take that love that God offers to you and give that to one other person. The effect can be a worldwide effect. It can spread across the entire globe. And we're going to see that illustrated tonight with our candles. Uh, but before we do that, just understand we have three more services that if you take this candle home, then they won't have a candle. So on the way out, if you could drop it in the bucket, don't take it with you. We need it for tomorrow. We would greatly appreciate that. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to go to this side of the room. I'm going to pick one person. I'm going to have you all hold your candles up in just a second. I'll touch their candle. I'll turn mine on. I'll touch theirs. And then they're going to turn around and touch your unlighted candles. Once your candle is touched, then you can flip yours on, turn it around, and we're going to see that spread as we sing Silent Night. Amen? All right, we're going to do that. God bless you. Merry Christmas.